You won't believe, internet, what I've discovered about this execution expert, Fred Leuter. It's unbelievable. Strap yourselves in, internet. Hi internet, it's me Miles. Now one thing I've always found really revealing about those online who like to cosplay as Nazis, but who in actual fact will be seen as untermunched by their peers, is their tendency to flirt with legal action against those who've embarrassed them online. Mike Enoch and the other two whose name I haven't been bothered to remember of the TDS podcast, told their audience that they were investigating legal action against me after I showed that their assertions that the homicidal gas chambers at Auschwitz were too cold to allow a lethal concentration of cyanide to accumulate were completely idiotic. And now, American manufacturer of execution equipment and prominent Holocaust denier, Fred Leuter, is accusing me of libel and slander. At least according to his friend and fellow Holocaust denialist, Jim. He, he did slander and defame him, and Fred's gonna deal with him with that you know, in his own way, you know, because when you, when you, when you are on the internet, say something about somebody that's not true and it's completely not true. Well, you're going to have to deal with that. So he's going to have to deal with that too. He's in a, he's in a very precarious situation because he has slandered and slandered and defamed Fred for saying all these things about him that weren't true. And uh, he'll have to deal with it. I mean, I, I just don't Well, I hope he say. apologizes and, uh, you know, Fred knocks some sense into him. How exactly I slandered and defamed Fred, I mean, come on, we're on first name terms here now, uh, remains a mystery because he never mentions what I said or what I did that was incorrect. He just simply calls me a liar over and over and over and over and over and over again. Now, at this point, I honestly don't know what I could say or do to, you know, damage his reputation beyond what he's already done to himself. Now, like the TDS podcasters before these numpties, I'm not in the least bit concerned about the latest threats of legal action because, well, they don't have a legal leg to stand on and generally, as a rule of thumb, those who really want to take legal action against you tend not to warn you beforehand. Now, the reason why I'm bringing attention to this and letting you love the internet people know that this is what they're threatening me with is because, again, I think it's really revealing. It shows that these people don't care about the truth. They're not highbrow, free-thinking intellectuals as they like to pretend to be to their audience. No, they are petulant, impotent edgelords who care more about shutting people up than the actual truth. That's what they're threatening here. They just want to shut me up. They can't argue with me, so they just want to shut me up. Recently, Fred appeared back on Jim's internet show, where he attempted to counter some of the claims I made against him. Now, I realize at this point I am beating a dead horse with a fish I just shot in a barrel, but I can't help myself. I just find myself poking these geriatrics and watching them flail, and they never disappoint. For example, in their latest episode of I Should Have Been Put In A Home 10 Years Ago, hashtag Miles is ageist, uh, <laughs> sorry. That was terrible. Apologies. Um, in their latest episode, they, well, Jim rather strangely decides to use a Nazi emblem as his background. I'm not really sure what he was trying to accomplish here, nor can I understand why Fred seems to be okay with it. It was my understanding that Fred was trying to present himself as the outsider, giving credence to the movement as someone who doesn't have an axe to grind. To some degree, I believe this, which is why I find Fred so interesting and why I was so desperate to talk to him, to discover how he fell down this rabbit hole. Something which went over the head of Jim. He said that uh, the, the reason why you went over, uh, w when you went over to uh, to Auschwitz, he, he, he kind of looked at the reason why you did that wasn't a pure reason. And then it was, he's looking at it like, 
uh, you you were there because you're some Holocaust denier trying to prove your point. But that's not the reason why you went over there. So, you know, what are you going to do? He's, he's going to, that's what he's going to say. Um, but you were there on a mission because you were, you're being paid to uh, find out if these buildings could be used as gas chambers. And you found out that they couldn't be used as gas chambers. That, Jim, buddy, is a flat out lie. I never said anything of the sort. I never even implied that Fred went to Poland for nefarious, horrible reasons. What I did say was that he lacked the skills and the knowledge to complete his task, and that he was so incompetent that he unwittingly stacked the deck in his favour. That's what I said. Stop lying about me. If I were more conspiratorial minded, I would mention that this was not Ernst Zundel, you know, the guy who commissioned Fred to conduct the forensic examination of the gas chambers, first attempt at this sort of thing. At his request, samples had already been illegally taken from Auschwitz and had been subject to toxicological analysis. He stated that these older samples had been taken in a insufficient and unprofessional manner, but it would potentially give him an idea of which areas harbored detectable amount of cyanide traces and which did not. Hmm. All jokes aside, after watching that documentary with Fred in and seeing him actually take the samples, I don't believe that. I, I think he is just so inept that he just didn't know what he was doing. Perhaps Jim is still unaware of my opinion of Fred because he is still unable to watch my videos due to him being banned from the platform. This could also explain why both he and Fred believe that I was purposely ignoring the Prussian blue stainings on the outside of the Birkenau delousing building. Everybody on the planet knows that the Zyklon B went from the inside wall to the outside wall in the uh, delousing facility. Uh, Miles didn't didn't bring anything up about the, the lousing chambers, uh, you know, showing showing it the blue stain on the other side of the wall. I mean, what, what Miles? What are you? You missed that? I mean, come on! I mean, it went through the wall. The wall. How thick's the wall, Fred? Uh, maybe six inches, eight inches. Oh, and, and uh, the wall. It's uh, it's a concrete block, and then there's and then it's stuccoed, so it's pretty close to a foot. Okay, so I mean, my, Miles, you, you, I guess, I guess you missed this point that there's a, the uh, the Prussian blue now is on the other side of this wall. It's it's not no, you know, a half of a hair length into the wall. It's like a foot. It's gone through the wall. It's on the other side of the wall. That's why Germa he took pictures showing the other side of the wall. And, and, and Miles, he doesn't want to show that because he knows if he shows that, he's going to be proved a liar. Now, in reality, not that these guys would know anything about reality, that is really bitchy. <laughs> I'm really sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting miserable and angry in my old age. Sorry, wind myself in, Miles. Wind myself in. Right. Now, in reality, I covered this subject last year, and I stated that the synthesis of Prussian blue really didn't go that deep into the wall, and the reason why we see blue stainings on the outside of the delousing facilities is because of cracks in the mortar. Now, this is further backed up by mortar that's actually fallen off the wall, and you can see that it does actually penetrate it that far. Now, the reason why I bring this up, and I know I'm repeating myself, sorry internet, is because I want to show just how incompetent these people are. Their, their lack of critical thinking, everything about them, it, it's just lazy. Obviously, since the color doesn't, the, the Prussian blue doesn't migrate from the inside to the outside, uh, well, uh, that's what that's what Miles just, that's what Miles has said. Yeah. Now, you can probably hear that noise 
uh, when Fred is talking. Now, I think that is a low battery warning on a carbon monoxide detector. But you know what? He's not in a gas type room by the looks of it. So it'd be fine. At least according to his logic. See, people, people can make that decision on their own. Does Miles know what he's talking about? He is saying that the Prussian blue is not on both sides of the walls on the uh, on the Delosing chain. And he, and he was very dishonest about that because he never, he I mean, you could go there and see it, and he never showed that side of the wall, which is very dishonest. He didn't want, you, I want anybody to know. No, I know. I can see that. Now, the, now, going back, Fred's report is so bad that fellow Holocaust denialists are actually ripping it to shreds. But for some reason, despite being this lazy, this inept, and his report being so rubbish that fellow crazy people are ripping it apart, he is still seen as one of the darlings of the movement and seen as an authority figure. I just really want to, you know, make sure you guys understand that. But the cracks are starting to form, and even those who once looked up to the duo are cringing at their latest instalment, where they paradoxically managed to be extremely ignorant while simultaneously being extremely arrogant. Like when Jim stated that there was a chemistry-based video that proved that I didn't know what I was talking about. You remember that one that I covered last year where the guy didn't know how standards are made or what they're used for? Yeah, that one. Or when Fred, a self-proclaimed expert in gas chambers, said that a temperature of 78 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 25.6 degrees Celsius in real temperature, was required to evaporate Cyclone B. I think Miles is just a lazy bastard. He just hasn't done any work to look into anything. What's really interesting and, again, quite revealing about their latest response is the lack of chemistry. Now, Fred, who is only known for his botched chemical analysis, no one cares about what else he wrote in that report. No one cares about it. No one quotes it. It's just a load of rubbish. It's not interesting. The only reason he is known is because of this rubbish chemistry experiment that he did. And I thought he would jump at the opportunity to defend his work. After all, he's been doing this for 30 plus years. He, he did this when I was two years old and he's still sticking to it. I'm an old man now. Yeah. So I was really confused at the lack of chemistry. In fact, the two of them, Fred and Jim, seemed to be purposely steering the conversation away from chemistry and towards Fred's qualifications and their hurt feelings. Now, I'm not being over-flippant here. They actually are quite offended by what I had to say about them and their feelings are hurt. And this actually takes up quite a large chunk of their latest installment. Now, at first, I was confused. I, I, I just didn't understand why Fred wouldn't want to talk about the chemistry. And after a while, after I started to think about it, suddenly it made sense. The reason why Fred doesn't want to talk about the chemistry is because he knows, deep down, although he will never admit it, that his work is flawed and he can't defend it against the slightest scrutiny from a professional chemist. So any lack of chemistry in future videos or whatever the hell he makes, really, is an admission of failure. As I said, the pair in their latest video attempted to steer the conversation towards really semantics and their hurt feelings. Fred seemed particularly offended that I questioned his credentials and believed that I needed to get over this questioning that I was doing in order for the two of us to have a meaningful conversation. Well, the, the problem is that every time we try to get into a discussion with Miles, uh, he uh, starts with the, uh, with the lies and with the ad hominem attacks and he questions who I am and what I'm doing and my training and everything else. 
So, I mean, in order to have a, a meaningful discussion with him, he's got to get by all that foolishness. He's been reading a lot of stuff, a lot of lies that have been put forth by the Jews. And he's got to get to the point where he can look and talk to somebody who can supply him with the correct information. And, uh, you know, you know, until he gets past this, every time anything happens, he wants to talk about what I did and who I am. In the past, I've talked about Fred's credentials, or lack thereof, but I never really went into any detail. I simply stated that he misrepresented himself as an engineer, but had a somewhat successful career installing and maintaining execution equipment. What I didn't tell you was his lack of expertise and knowledge led him to design and manufacture a lethal injection machine which would cause a nightmarish death for the condemned. His device would first paralyze using a muscle relaxant. But then, according to a Dr. Edward Bruner, chairman of the anesthesia department at Northwest University Medical School, said it would merely stop the prisoner from screaming at the, and this is a quote from him, the extreme pain in the form of severe burning sensation, yep, caused by the potassium chloride injection. I also didn't mention that Fred, who would actually testify on humanitarian grounds in the defense in a capital case if he wasn't awarded a contract, that he, get this internet, prepare yourself, that he knowingly sold a defective lethal injection machine. The fuck? After the Illinois Department of Corrections ended their contract with Fred, he told them that he would not be responsible should the device fail, and stressed that it has an intermittent functional problem and may very likely fail during the execution. When it comes to gas executions, Fred believes there is no equal. He believes he knows it all, that he is the expert, and once, once compared himself to the Pope, Despite not knowing how vapor pressure would affect a compound's evaporation and not knowing anything about LELs. Hmm. I, like the Pope, speak ex cathedra on matters concerning gas execution chambers, there being no other experts. Therefore, you have spoken out of turn. But is Fred an expert on gas chambers? It might surprise you, Internet, to hear the answer is no. In 1988, the year that Zundel commissioned Fred to conduct forensic examination of the gas chambers at Auschwitz, there were six states which had legislation permitting administration of the death penalty by lethal gas. So let's work through these. He never worked for Maryland, which at the time stated that their work was done by Eden Ironworks of Denver, Colorado, which manufactured the gas chamber. A representative from Eden does the service check prior to potential execution. According to our records, Fred A. Leuchter has never worked or consulted with a Maryland penitentiary. A Mississippi spokesman gave the following statement. We have not contracted on a consulting basis at any time with Mr. Lucher. He did visit our facility. He initiated the request, but we did not enter into any financial agreement. He did make recommendations after viewing the facility. In Arizona, a corrections officer gave the following statement. Arizona never used Fred A. Loiter. We don't maintain the gas chamber, never had any service work done in the 10 years I have been here, other than by your own service personnel. In the testimony of Fred at the trial of Zundel in Toronto, defense attorney Douglas Christie questioned Fred about his experience with gas chambers. And you're familiar with the facilities in the state of California and North Carolina, I understand. I am. What facilities are available there for executions? 
Both states have gas chambers. California has a two-man gas chamber, and North Carolina has a single-man gas chamber. And what's your relationship with the operation of those facilities in those two states? We consulted with both states. California primarily on a heart monitoring system to replace the older type mechanical diagraph stethoscope that's presently in use. We will be shipping to them shortly and installing a new heart monitor for both chairs in their gas chambers. You are consulted by the state, I understand? Yes, Juan Vasquez. Soon after, a letter from the warden whose actual name is Daniel was received and he said the following. Dear Miss Shapiro, as my legal affairs coordinator, Denise Dull, advised you in your telephone conversation with her, names of persons involved in gas chamber operations are kept confidential. This is to protect them and their families from publicity and potential harassment. I can inform you, however, that San Quentin has not contracted with Fred A. Luter Jr. for the installation of a heart monitoring system or for any other work. I hope this information will be of use to you. Sincerely, Daniel B. Vasquez. He also claimed, under oath, I want to just stress that, under oath, that he worked for North Carolina. I see, and in North Carolina? North Carolina. My discussions and work was with one Nathan Reese, and he had some work done by their maintenance personnel on their gas chambers two years ago, and they had a problem with the gasket on a door leaking. At which point we discussed it with him and recommended remedial procedures to change the gas chamber. And he consults you in regard to those matters? He does. The North Carolina Department of Corrections responded by saying that no, Fred has never worked on or upgraded or done anything to our gas chamber. This is to acknowledge your recent letter and receipt of documents in reference to Fred A. Lukter Jr. I discussed your request with Mr. Nathan A. Rice, former warden, and he stated that he vaguely recalled a telephone conversation between him and a gentleman professing to be an expert on execution chambers. Mr. Rice further stated that the gentleman called him for the purpose of selling a lethal injection machine. This was shortly after the state of North Carolina ratified a bill authorizing lethal injection. Mr. Rice further stated that it was a general, courteous conversation to the best of his knowledge. Please be advised that we did not purchase a lethal injection machine from Mr. Lukter. Also, our records do not support that Mr. Lukter performed either consulting or any service during the installation of our execution chamber. At the time our existing chamber was installed, I served as a deputy warden at this institution. I attest that the planning and the work was performed by the Department of Correction Engineering Section and our Institution Maintenance Department. Hopefully, this sufficiently addresses your request. Sincerely, Gary T. Dixon, Warden, Central Prison. The credibility of Fred's report is based on him being a gas chamber expert, and the only evidence I've uncovered of any kind of link between him and the corrections facility in the US is that he once helped out Missouri. He gave them blueprints for a gas chamber, but they turned around and said, you know what, the legislation's changed, so we're not going to do that anymore. Instead, we're going to go to lethal injection. That is the sum total of his experience. That is it. He is not an expert at all. <laughs> it's just... it. It's incredible. There's nothing here. The, uh, the, the issue now becomes he's got to stop questioning and throwing... Uh, and throwing ad hominem 
attacks on me uh, and questioning and questioning my credentials. Now, at this point, I think I'm going to end the video. And believe me, there is so much more I've uncovered about him, but I'm going to save that for another video in a couple of weeks where I'm going to talk about him being an engineer or how he's not allowed to call himself an engineer because it gets really, really, yeah, it's really interesting. And, and you start to kind of think, of, you know, is this guy just a con man? Uh, yeah. Who is he conning? Is he conning Holocaust nihilists? Yeah. Fascinating. But you're going to have to wait for that one, internet. Apologies. Now, before I go, just one more thing. That's right, I'm Columboing you. I want to say thank you to everyone who supports me on Patreon. Now, no, everyone's going to turn off at this point, but please don't. Please listen to this. Thank you guys for your support. Your support means that I'm not bound like so many other YouTube channels to go after low hanging, boring, derivative crap like they go after to appease the draconian advertiser friendly bots that Susan employs. I am free to do what I want for the most part. I can go after people and things that I find interesting and weird and hopefully you guys find interesting and weird as well. Because of their support, I've been able to go after, I don't know, things like unethical, unsanctioned human experiments in Uganda and we have helped put a stop to that because of their support. I'm going after legitimate Nazis. The term Nazis is used far too often these days, but these are proper goose-stepping, bug-burning Nazis, you know, I'm, and we're going after them. And also I've helped, you know, warn people against dangerous alternative medicine when they're at their most vulnerable. Now, Patreon people, you should be incredibly proud of what you've helped accomplish, just as I'm very proud of the stuff that I've done online. And I just want to say, Thank you very much. I don't say enough, but you guys are totally wizard. Right, I'm going to go. So take care, you lovely, fine internet people, and I will see you very soon when I talk about Fred's credentials. It's, it's a juicy one. I know this isn't sciencey, but it's still researchy, and I, I do love a good research. I love a good dig, and I've been really enjoying this. So join me soon where I'm going to talk about, well, like I said, Fred's credentials. Always lack thereof. Take care, Internet. Goodbye.